Hello and welcome back to the Counter Pints podcast. This is our Counterbite series where we do a series of shorter off-topic podcasts about a focused series of topics, things that we kind of want to talk about like movies, various dumb bullshit. We're going to talk about movies again this week, but first let me introduce my co-host. We've got Jack, a classic horror movie expert, and we've got a new guest uh, this week, someone who's never been on the podcast before. We've got Kelly. Kelly, say hello. Hi, everyone. Kelly, uh, as we've spoken about before, is my girlfriend. Uh, she's going to help us out in this Counter Bites episode. But before we reveal the topic, of course, we have to check in our drinks. What are you guys drinking? Let's start with Jack. Well, Halloween might be over, but uh, pumpkin spice latte season Ooh. is still in full swing. And we've got uh, Incendiary, Incendiary Brewing here in Winston-Salem. Shift Series, their next uh, IPA out here, a milkshake IPA, Pumpkin Spice Latte Milkshake IPA, and it is delicious. Would latte imply there's like a little coffee edge to it? Just just a hint. Just a hint. Okay, keep it at just a hint, though. Look at you, Incendiary. Kelly, what are you throwing down your throat? (laughs) That came off wrong. So I have the vitamin C sea glass seltzer. Ooh, there you go. That's the dragon fruit one, if I'm right. Yes, mm, it is. Dragon fruit. That sounds better than what I'm drinking. Uh, I'm drinking one of the world's finest seltzers, White Claw. It's actually their Surge series, which means I think it's like 8% alcohol. It is blood orange flavored, a uh, remnant drink from our Halloween party last week. And again, Halloween, Halloween is dead. It is now Christmas season. So it's been Christmas for two weeks. <laughs> I think we actually bitched about that on the last podcast. So yeah, in, Thanksgiving uh, doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't. It certainly doesn't get its own season. Halloween almost didn't happen. Kind of felt like it. Yeah, Christmas stuff was already out before Halloween was even dead. So speaking of Christmas, we're going to have a Christmas-themed episode, by which I mean a Halloween-themed episode. And we're going to talk about the Paranormal Activity series, which is now a seven, read them, seven film series. Uh, we've spoken about it on the podcast before during our we did a um, horror bracket where I think it came up as an honorable mention. Go check that out. But this time we're actually going to go through and do kind of a freeform discussion of all seven movies. The new one just came out last Friday, I think on the 29th of October called Next of Kin. I think it's only on Paramount Plus. Again, they are not sponsoring us, but if they want to reach out, or you know where to find us. So we're going to just start right off the bat here. Paranormal Activity 1, which came out in 2007. Uh, I was still in high school at the time. And it was a really kind of interesting movie in the sense that it's one of the most profitable films ever made. They made it for, I believe, I'm looking at the numbers here, around $15,000, and it made over $190 million. Crazy. So it starts the series off. We all know this is a hand cam shot movie series, kind of low budget, as I just said. It follows, uh, in this case, a couple, Mika and Katie, in their house in San Diego in 2006. Basically, they're haunted by a demon. That's following her around and a bunch of bullshit happens at night while they're sleeping and it starts spreading into the day. What are our thoughts on Paranormal Activity 1? Fun fact about Paranormal Activity 1, it was only released in a couple cities in 2007. And then they released it again in 2009 nationally. And that's where it got its, that's where it's got all its hub because I, I remember seeing it at midnight and I would have been a, I think a freshman and no, I would have been a sophomore in college, 20, 2009 fall. And, uh, so that's when it re-released, but, uh, thoughts right off the bat, see it in the theater. 
it's so much better to see in a theater. Do not like when you're watching at home, it's not as fun. You got to see in a theater and certainly don't watch more than one of these in one day. That that would be ludicrous. Uh, like my two co-hosts did this uh, past weekend. Or two this weekends. is the this is the only one that I I did see this in a the theater. And Jack, you were absolutely right. I, it looks like it was released in something called Scream Fest in 2007. And you're right, the wide theatrical release was in 2009. So I was in college as well. Yeah, I saw this in a the theater. I remember it scaring the shit out of me, especially at the <laughs> end when the, oh, the yeah. wife the wife goes downstairs, screams bloody murder. Her husband goes after her breaks his neck, throws him up the stairs. And then she has this demonic looking face. Oh my God. Awful. We went back and rewatched all these movies relatively recently. And kind of the main thing I took away from this movie was the husband. Mika is just the dumbest idiot in the world. Just, it, he had so many opportunities to do the right thing. And they're supposed to call this demonologist and they don't call the demonologist. This ghost guy comes in, tells him not to get a Ouija board really specifically. Of course he goes out and gets it. After and all this, it catches on fire and he doesn't <laughs> do anything about it. Yeah, I would have been out of that house day one after all the shit that was going on. He just kind of laughs it off. Ha <laughs> whatever. My wife stood over my bed staring at me for four hours in the middle of the night. And there's like chicken feet appearing in the hallway when I put down sacks of flour, whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, but then also, why didn't she just override him and call that demonologist guy to come back? Because as we find out in later movies, she knew there was a demon attacking her family, attacking her sister before mm-hmm. that, right? So I don't know why she didn't just do it. Yeah, I remember I remember us yelling at the screen, like, just call the demonologist. You're told to call the demonologist to solve the problem. The husband keeps saying, no, no, that's stupid. When clearly something is going on and she just is like, okay, I guess we'll just wait till it gets worse. <laughs> why would you wait if there was a demon stalking you while you're sleeping? Ugh. Are there really demon? Is that someone's profession? I'm a demonologist. Like, how do I find one? Do you just look one up and just is so-and-so? Hey, here's Tim Smith, demonologist. Here's his phone number. Go call him. You have a demon? Let's let's be real. There's probably someone in the world that calls themselves a demonologist. (sighs) I'd like to meet him. I'd like to have him on counterpoints. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you're, if you're a demonologist or know a demonologist by trade, please uh, give him our number. We'd love to have him on the podcast or her. Whatever they, whatever they identify as. Yeah. I mean, Mika at that point too, like he doesn't know it, but the demon's tied to her. So you can move all you want. Mm. <laughs> it's still following you. You got to cut bait with that one, buddy. Move on. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I thought this was actually one of the better ones. It's kind of, uh, it's got some very good scares in it, especially because at that point it's a fresher concept. It is creepy how the tension builds throughout the movie. Again, the characters are especially Mika. I found it was kind of annoying and, Frankly, it's kind of glad he died at the end, but it was an effective, tight little movie. I actually enjoyed the first one. I'm not saying it's a masterpiece, but it definitely scares you. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. It's creepy. I liked it, too. It's one definitely one of the better ones. How about you, Kelly? Yeah, I thought so, too. It was scary now, and it was really scary when it came out because it was yep. one of the first like found footage style things. Like I guess Blair Witch would have been before that. Cloverfield, too. Oh, yeah, Cloverfield. I love Cloverfield. So do I. Love it. Yeah, Blair Witch was more of like a slow burn over time. Paranormal Activity, there was like an element of a slow burn, but like, man, they are clapping at you once in a while. You know, like a loud noise, middle of the night, bam! And then you're like, oh shit. Definitely a jump scare series. Yeah. Yeah. This one too, like, I guess even when you don't see it in a theater, when it's like daylight and 
like you can relax like that was okay like oh we survived the night cool i can eat my popcorn i can stop crying for two seconds i can take my fingers out of my ears yeah then then when nighttime starts and the clock starts speeding up you're just like ah fuck man here (laughs) here they come those can't see them's their problem i like that phrase can't see them's yeah, there is there's a lot of can't see him. You never see the demon at all. Only some never footprints and I, I saw it was baby powder. <gasps> yeah, you guys see her. Holy shit. Well, it basically oh. possesses her at the end. That's you know, at, at this point, it's like there isn't much of an overarching plot. It's just thing haunting a couple. And then as we get further in, we'll start getting into like the plot of paranormal activity, which frankly is probably where it starts to lose steam. So, speak, so they started to think and it, it ruined it. So speaking of, speaking of losing steam, let's move on to paranormal activity Two, released in October of 2010, only a year later, another large success cost about $3 million made 177 ish million dollars. You know, this Blumhouse production had a real hit on their hands with this one, What they kind of did, which we actually kind of didn't like when we were going through this, is this one actually takes place prior to paranormal activity one, only six months in the past of the same year in the same town, because it's uh, looking at her sister, Christy and her husband. Oh boy. What's his name? Uh, Daniel. There we go. So instead of a hand cam shot film, they tried to mix it up a little bit, which I'm not sure worked very well, but they did security cameras throughout this house. The way they kind of, I always find this a little bit interesting. These movies is how do they explain why someone is filming the whole time? And in this case, their house gets broken into in the beginning of the movie. So they put up security cameras to basically have the house under surveillance in case, you know, shit happens again. So now this time you're watching from the perspective of like a security system, which I think was not a good change because it's less scary because you're further removed from what's happening versus like a hand cam is like you're right up on top of the shit that's going down. In this case, I know you're a little detached from it. So thoughts on Paranormal Activity 2. Didn't hate it. Uh, definitely not as good as the first one, but this was kind of the, like you just said, a one year later, this is kind of when it started to become a tradition, like every year, October, midnight, Thursday night, going into Friday morning, go see the new paranormal activity movie every single year. Just, it didn't matter if it was good or not. It was just like, oh, we're in a theater packed full of people and they're going to, we're going to scream together and laugh together and we'll, we'll feel safe together. So you saw this one in a theater as well then? Oh, I saw, I think I saw the first four in theaters Okay, on at midnight when it first came out. Yeah. I, I got so freaked out by the first one. It first came out of theater that when this came out, I said, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and then again, didn't watch it until a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So. It was a uh, uh, shout out to uh, Jordan. I saw this one. With, saw these with Jordan. Yeah. Uh, friend of the pot. No, wait, no, he's not. Yeah. Well, there'll be more. There'll be a. He gets his own counterbites episode. <laughs> so I hear Kelly. Uh, what do you think of paranormal activity two? I know well, you, I know you really enjoyed actually, the pool scene with the vacuum cleaner that they showed 800 yeah. times. Well, this actually, yeah. this one took place one month before the other one. Oh, one month. Okay. I'm going to keep out. By the way, I'm going to just fuck up a lot of facts here. folks. <laughs> Please correct me. Thank you. And Kelly. Yeah. This one was not bad, but the first one was definitely better. Yeah. I kept waiting for something to happen with the pool vacuum because they so showed like clips of it at night just vacuuming the pool every single time it was nighttime and nothing actually ever happened. And they did kind of mess up a little bit with the camera angles in this one. Like we saw there was one scene where the girl and her boyfriend are like kissing on the couch and there's it's hand cam. Like who is filming this? 
Right. Should have been security camera. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little confusing sometimes the camera angles. Like, how would there possibly be a security camera in this room at this angle? I don't know. They get a little lenient with the camera placement, quote unquote. Also, I have trouble that the I think the dog died. That's true. We did try to look we did we did try to look up on what's the website, does the dog die.com. And it's a little ambiguous if the dog dies, but basically the demon somehow forces the family's German shepherd to have like a seizure at some point during a night. Which, yeah, which was horrendous. And that's yeah. That when that dog whimpered, I Ooh. movie over. Like I don't <laughs> care about if the people live. It's like let's go with Daniel to the vet to see if the vet can save the dog. Yeah. So kind of the kind of the plot of this one a little bit is now. You know, as we're prior to the first film, basically we're finding that the demon originally seems to be haunting the sister, Christy, instead of Katie. They kind of start hinting that she had just had a child, a son, Hunter, and they have a daughter by marriage. It's like this is Daniel, a husband's daughter, biologically kind of finds out, hey, there's weird shit happening. And people sometimes were making deals with demons for wealth and power by forfeiting the soul of their firstborn son. So now that she has a son, this the demon starts acting up and basically trying to hypothetically take the son. So similar to the first movie, shit just gets like worse and worse and, you know, more crap starts happening at night. Pots and pans are flying around the kitchen and drawers are opening. And eventually Christy, similar to Katie in the first film, is possessed by this demon and goes in the basement for a while, comes up. This is actually gets bit. She has that bite mark like Katie had in the first movie. And that seems to indicate when she was possessed. And this was kind of the big climax. By the way, we're spoiler territory for all these films, by the way. Uh, if you haven't seen these by now. Forget you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so I'm not trying to cut myself off from spoilers here. Basically, I, I, I kind of thought this was stupid, to be honest. But Daniel finds out that there's like a, a ritual that could be performed that transfers the demon out of Christy into basically someone like a blood relative. So they do this thing that transfers the demon to Katie. Instead of Christy, I think it's the scene like in the basement where it has all the night vision. They love the night vision effects on the cameras. And then the movie kind of ends with Katie being possessed after the events of the first one and comes back, kills Christy, kills Daniel, and takes the the son. Yep. Which was a creepy scene. Breaks the husband's neck on the couch. Love snapping necks to that lady. And then uh, just kind of like punches the the wife up and smashes her into the wall and just seems to kill her walks out of the, the house with the walks kid out, walks outside and then they don't know where hunter or katie's whereabouts were <laughs> not found or unknown now was yeah. was this still the, the movies where they were saying that like no that was the first one <laughs> was it like condolences to like the families of the deceased or something no, like that and that's how you know it's real that's true. I have a good authority that this actually happened. We should talk to Casey about that. I'm sure he has an opinion on it. We should talk to Kevin, who's a San Diego native, and uh, have him true. go to the house and spend a night there. I hear he was the demon. Makes sense. Well, also, those people's <laughs> names are actually Katie and Mika. Um, yeah, they are. That's actually true. So that's how you know it really happened. Yeah. Yeah, so my overall thoughts on two, it's slower. It's a slower burn. It wasn't as scary. I I remember when we were watching it, we were getting kind of bored at scenes. They would show, like, as we mentioned, they would show this (laughs) shot of the pool, like a security camera in the backyard showing the pool, and nothing ever happened back there. So it was kind of like, why show it? There were a lot of empty scenes where a lot didn't happen. I think it's one of the more boring ones in the franchise. Not my favorite. Agreed. How about you, Kelly? Yeah, also agree. All right, so we'll move on to another prequel. 
Paranormal Activity 3, for a disclaimer, Jack and I watched this one together <laughs> in, North, in North Carolina before uh, Kelly and I did our movie marathon of the whole series, so we did not watch 3 together. It's the only one that we didn't watch in our movie marathon. We just decided to skip it because I had just seen 3, so Kelly's memory may be a little fuzzier of this movie, perhaps. So this one came out in 2011, again, every year. They're pretty religious about that, it seems like. Budget of $5 million. $207 million box office. These things were still going real strong at this point. This one is another prequel, which goes even further back into, I think I'm trying to find the year. Oh, it's in 1988. So it's when Katie and Christy, the two sisters from one and two are children. Maybe, I don't know the ages of, what would you say? Eight to 12 kind of yeah. range. Yep. Something like that. And they're in the house with their mother and father. And the father happens to be a videographer, of course. The stepfather. Stepfather, thank you. Yep. Okay, I'm going to keep getting facts wrong. So the, the stepfather Randy. likes to... Yes, right, Randy. So he likes to film things. And oh, wait. It says Dennis, yeah. according to this. Oh, is it? De- oh, Randy's the friend. boyfriend, Dennis. It's not their stepfather. We're really... We're, Dennis. We're, we're Randy's really, we're the really buddy. Randy's the guy that plays Bloody Mary with her in the bathroom. That's correct. So basically... This is, I think, is this the first movie where they mentioned Toby? I think is Toby mentioned yeah, one or two? That's the no. It's definitely the first one because it's the first time a kid can actually like talk because the baby hunter would never say anything, and now it's Christy. I believe has an imaginary. Well, they think yep. it's an imaginary friend named Toby. Yeah. So basically, the beat kind of starts off with them trying to film a sex tape. There's an earthquake. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. There that. And some dust settles from a ceiling on top of an invisible figure. That was pretty scary. And then it goes into the whole plot line of Chrissy talking to an imaginary friend. And then weird shit starts happening. They read about demonology and they start putting it together that Toby might actually be something to be concerned about. And it's a demon. And like Jack said, they play Bloody Mary in the bathroom with a family friend. That doesn't go well. And they get their grandmother involved, I believe, Lois. Um, Lois is bad news. Lois is real bad news. It turns out to be basically in a cult or a coven of witches. Which One of the scariest parts in the whole yes. thing. Like, thought, of all thought, seven movies. was pretty scary. That, when, she, when he opens the door and there's just all those old ladies just standing there <laughs> yeah. in the dark, like, holy shit. I, I remember the scene where they have a babysitter over at the house. And, oh, and, yes. and and there's a sheet like a ghost and it, it's um i think they've been playing with it like a ghost and then it goes dead the sheet is downstairs next to the babysitter and it moves up as if a shape is filling the space and it looks like a ghost standing next to her that it just falls it is ooh, there's some scenes in that movie that fucking freak me out i think it's pretty it's not about that movie. that was one where you're talking about cameras where they put the camera on the fan oscillating uh, back and forth swivels where, yeah it was, Ooh, that was like every time you go back, you're waiting to see something. And that was when that ghost was right behind her. Yep. And the whole like I remember seeing it in a theater. The whole place is just like, oh, <gasps> <Yep. laughs> oh man, it's wild. Yeah, they definitely got the uh, jump scare tactics. It, it kind of became uh, one might call it an art. Part of me is that it kind of got it down to a pattern. It was a lot of camera pans one direction when it comes back thing is there that was not there before yep. have to imagine it's i mean it's effective can't can't deny it kelly do you have any strong memories of paranormal activity three like i said it's the only one we didn't watch in our marathon yeah i think i watched it like when it came out on netflix so it's been a while but i 
didn't really understand why this is Toby's Christie's imaginary friend in this movie, but in yes. the first movie, Katie says it never bothered Christie. Like it only was at her bed, yep. talking to her only. So that doesn't mean me, but I, maybe that's mm. she doesn't remember because of that ceremony or whatever that they did. I don't know. I think they kind of gave up on continuity at some point. And probably when they were making the first movie, they didn't really know they were going to make six of these things. So they just kind of were throwing shit at the wall. I noticed. Yeah. Yeah, So this, this is like a very important movie, I guess, to establish again, the overall arcing plot line of the movie, which is that the, the grandmother Lois is like this cult leader in a coven of witches. And at the end of the movie, they go to the grandmother's house to get away from the house and she basically kills the mom, kills the dad with that, like, gross, and she, like, snaps his spine in half, like, backwards, like a scorpion. Yeah. Ooh, hard to watch. She kills both the parents and then takes the two kids upstairs. And then we kind of get some insight a little bit later into exactly what happens, but it kind of starts the Toby worship cult, all that, all that shit. At this point, you don't really know exactly why she's doing it. It's just kind of like, okay, the grandmother's a cult leader. This is bad news. <laughs> Don't go to that house. I actually like this one. I thought it was pretty good. It's definitely better than two. I still think one's a little simpler and works a bit more effectively, but three definitely was creepy. Things like Jackson with the swiveling camera. That was a good effect. And there were some cool shots like the ghost and things like in a Bloody Mary scene is pretty scary. Solid. It, you know, still, still going. Still liked Paranormal Activity at this point, I would say. Brings us on to Paranormal Activity for the last mainline uh, Paranormal Activity this one came out in 2012, again, still on the one-year schedule. Um, we're starting to see a little bit of a dip in the box office, had another $5 million budget. They kept that pretty consistent, only for like a few million bucks at this point, and it made uh, about $142 million. So sure they weren't too disappointed by that. So this one's the first one that takes place after the first movie, which is now at this point, we are in 2011. So five years have passed since Katie has taken Hunter out of Christie's house after she killed Christie again, the sister and her husband leaving their other child alive, by the way, which does become a plot point. So we're now in this other family's house where the main character is this blonde girl. I always got to remember people's names. It looks like it is Alex, which I remember we re- I recognized her because she was the main lead in the movie freaky with Vince Vaughn in 2020. I, I kind of immediately recognized her. You know, she was much younger here because this was eight years prior but she, I don't know, she has like huge eyebrows. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, it's that blonde girl. What is she from? So I had to look it up and I was like, oh yeah, the Vince Vaughn Freaky Friday movie, which actually pretty good. So the whole plot is kind of that they haven't been able to find Katie and Hunter. There's this random family and down there in Nevada, which is like, you know, the Kmart version of California, I guess. And this woman moves in across the street with her weird child and the kid's kind of a latchkey kid and starts walking over to their house and then the mom gets arrested by the police for an unknown reason. And this family's trying to do the right thing and they end up watching the kid and the kid went starts, to the hospital, right? Is that what it, I thought? I thought cops came. Am I wrong? I think uh ambulance fire trucks came, but I think they said she got, she's going to be in the hospital. It does. It does say she was hospitalized. So some sort of emergency vehicle comes apparently and takes her yep. away. And then he comes over. Uh, this his name is what it is. Robbie. Robbie, Robbie with his socks and sandals. That's right. Robbie's like a little weird, nerdy kid who, you know, really is a little strange. We looked it up on Instagram. He's still. (laughs) That's right. He does have an active Instagram account. We found out 
Does he really? It's not that active, <laughs> frankly. It, it is. It does exist. I forget what his what it reactor is. Allen. I'm gonna go look that up right yeah, now. Look it up. He has like pictures of his cat. If I remember. <laughs> oh my god. Well, he's young. So Robbie. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Not the uh, not the best looking kid. Sorry, Robbie. No, <laughs> no, no, no shade intended. But, oh uh, shit! There he is. There he is. But yeah, oh he ba- he ba- he basically comes over, starts doing weird shit, and throughout the movie, you know, they're now. Wyatt, who is the son of this other family, that, from what we know at that time, starts talking to into Robbie's imaginary friend, whose name is Toby. So we're back to this theme of Toby, the imaginary friend of children, who ends up being a demon. And they start doing weird and creepy shit. And eventually we find out that Wyatt is actually Hunter from the other movies. So it's Katie's son was living with these people under a different name because he had been adopted. By the way, I still have no idea how that happened. I don't think that's ever explained. Anyone? Why was yeah. he there? Yeah, she just probably randomly dropped him off at like an orphanage <laughs> and ran away and hid, but and was really just watching him his entire life. How the hell did she get Robbie to be in this little scheme? I don't know. Do they ever explain who Robbie is? She ha- like She has a kid, but really his whole purpose in the movie is kind of like corrupting Wyatt eventually into realizing he is Hunter and that he's like the chosen yeah. one that has to get this demon back on track or whatever. I mean, I'm maybe trying. he's one of the kids, like the whole cult with the grandma was they were taking young girls and having them have sons to give to the cult. So mm. maybe he's one of those kids. I don't know, because from the very beginning, I knew that Wyatt was Hunter. So did I. That was yeah. Well, Matt didn't. I I I will admit I did not. (laughs) Yeah, it was very obvious. Yeah, Kelly said it immediately, and I was like, "What are you talking about? His name's Wyatt." Yeah, yeah. Turns out I'm stupid. (laughs) Demons that prey on kids—it's like sinister. You guys seen those movies? Sinister. Sinister is like a much better movie, in my opinion. Oh, it's plots way better. Way better actors. (laughs) Ethan Hawke is a legitimate good actor. Yeah, he's like he's like an actual actor. I don't I don't know where they find these people. Whoever plays Katie. She does a fine job, and she probably made a buttload of money off these fucking movies. Good oh, hundred percent. Yeah, she's in all of them. And good. The girl who plays Alex is she's pretty big time now. Yeah, uh, and I like her in this movie. I thought she did a yeah. good job. I actually I think the this boyfriend is, did a good job too. He was funny. Ben. Ben was you know, the yeah, Ben who apparently doesn't live in his own fucking place and just walks into just their houses. Yeah. yeah, he just walks over. He's just like going to their fridge, drinking juice. I'm like, man, West Coast families are very tolerant of this. <laughs> yeah, well, the mom. The mom just took that neighbor kid in. She was like, yeah. oh, your mom's in the hospital. Come live here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good creepy scenes in this one. There's a big effect they like to use in the movie. I don't know if Microsoft sponsored them or something, because, boy, they really, really liked using a Kinect system. And for our technologically challenged viewers, that was a motion-controlled accessory for the Microsoft Xbox 360, where you could basically just use your arms, legs, and head to just control games. And it had some mode where it could project like green infrared dots on the room to show how it was motion tracking. And they used that as an effect to show you would see people in the room and then there'd be some dots moving in the shape of a person. And you'd be like, oh, there's something else in the room. So it was creepy at points, kind of cool. But they also used that shot probably like 800 times. It got a little tiring. I remember watching it. It's like, oh, boy, the connect's back. It was the new pool scene. Yes, the connect. You know, at least something happened in the connect scene eventually. But you oh were right. yeah, so we also got um, when they go to the house across the street at the end. 
Mm-hmm. We got another shot of Demon Katie running down the hallway, which was Ooh. terrifying. One of Jack's favorites, that's for sure. God, something about like long, dark hallways and demons at the end of it. Shout out to the nun from Conjuring 2. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, the uh, the mom gets kind of dumpstered at one point. You feel sort of bad for her because she's like a really nice character, but Katie comes eventually comes back, basically getting ready to come and claim Hunter and walks into the house. And the D de- I think the demon actually kills the mother, like lifts her up in the air and then slams her back into the ground. She yeah. goes upstairs, snaps Ben's neck. She loves the neck snapping, but she felt bad because Ben was like a nice guy and was trying to help Alex out with this whole thing. He gets killed. And then the dad goes over there. He gets dragged down a hallway and killed. It's just the end of the movie. Everyone, there's a lot of deaths in these movies. <laughs> Not a lot of people escape unscathed. Even Alex, who, who the dad? Knifed, doesn't he? That knife on the ceiling. No, oh the, my the, God, the, the knife yeah. doesn't hit him, does it? It scares him. It, like it's in the ceiling. Yeah, there's a scene where a, a kitchen knife in the kitchen like goes whoop, and it flies up into the ceiling, and you're just waiting for the knife to just come down and hit someone. I think it scared the dad because at the end of the movie, after they go, him and the daughter Alex go to the house, and he gets dragged through the house, and she's trying to like catch him. And I don't even know if you do you see him die. I'm trying to remember. I, I think I think he, I, I think he, he just died. gets. The knife. <laughs> no, the knife didn't kill him. He, he made it into the other house. This was the house across the street where Katie and Robbie had moved into. That's the scene where Katie, again, showing she is possessed by a demon, has like her big fangs and dark eyes and charges at Alex and tries to block her the door. And then Alex jumps outside, sees Wyatt slash Hunter and says, we have to leave and Wyatt won't move. And then Alex turns around. There's like, like a hundred like older women. She's a younger woman, too. Just a, like a ton of women in the yard. And they start walking at her, and then Katie jumps on her from behind. It's presumed Alex is killed. I, I don't think they ever. She's never mentioned again. I'm pretty sure she gets killed in that movie. So really, it's just kind of Wyatt is Hunter that was adopted by another family. Again, that's never really explained. And then Katie comes back to get him, kills this other family in the process. And that's kind of the whole movie, really. I'm not sure how much it really advances the plot as much as it's just I don't know. I kind of feel bad for this family that gets intertwined in this whole shit. They really had nothing to do with it, except for being unfortunate enough to adopt this creepy demon child. Yeah, it's kind of the, isn't it more of the end of that kind of storyline a little bit? Like, it is a little bit. It's kind of the last, it's the last mainline paranormal activity film that's 100% focused on the Katie Christie Hunter plotline. It is mentioned in other films, but this is like the last really focused on them movie, which is kind of too bad in my opinion but i guess we'll talk about that a little bit oh we will so yeah this this is kind of where i think this is the movie where it starts getting kind of convoluted like again i don't know why hunter becomes Wyatt. i don't know why he's adopted it's you know that it doesn't really explain that well who the coven of witches are or what the fuck toby's purpose is or what he's doing or really anything that's going on it's just creepy shit happens family gets killed main character gets killed Hunter's back with Katie, and that's kind of the end of the movie. So, Kelly, any other thoughts on Paranormal Activity 4 before we moved on? Yeah, I don't know. It, for me, it kind of seemed like they were building to another one in this series. Like, they were taking her to be part of the cult, or they were going to, like, expand on Toby in this situation, but that didn't happen, so mm. I have no idea. Yeah, it didn't, really, it didn't really give us any more answers. It was just kind of more questions every time. We, at, this, at this point, four films in, I was hoping for some resolution on some of these points and just kind of kept saying, oh, well, here's more weird shit happening. It's like, all right, boys, we need to start getting a little focused here. Okay, so we're going to move on to 
Paranormal Activity, the marked ones, which is the fifth movie. After four, they didn't really go with the four, five, six moniker anymore. Now it's like they have their own titles. So Paranormal Activity, the marked ones came out in 2014. If I'm not mistaken, there was a two year gap this time. And we went from this is where the you know, the budget stays the same, but we started seeing a fall in the in the box office. This one made about ninety million on a they're saying a five to nine million dollar budget, which is still really good. But I don't know, Jack. You were watching this in theaters. You said you did not watch this one in the theater. Did people stop caring around this point as much? Maybe there's a chance I might have seen this one in the theater, but this one didn't get released in October. This was like a January, I want to say. Um, so there's a good chance I missed it. I might have caught it later. But yeah, this is the, it was definitely, it had definitely come to an end when they missed that year. People just forgot about it. Yep. This was obviously just a totally, totally different plot, totally different people. I actually thought they had something early on in this movie. I thought it was creepy when they were exploring around the old apartment and everything Mm -hmm. like that. But it just, for me, it just. It just took a turn for the worse. It just it didn't have the same spooky element that it did for the other ones. And it's too bad. Yeah. So this one, like Jack said, is a, it's a completely new set of characters. It takes place in California again, but basically it's following a like a Latino community. The other ones that all kind of been like well-to-do white people in nicer California slash Nevada homes. Now we're taking place kind of more a working class Latino family. The main character is an 18 year old kid named Jesse. His sister, Vet, and grandmother, Irma, it's kind of a, you know, classic looking family there. And he has his friend, Hector, who's a very major character in the movie. And basically, there's a creepy old woman in their complex named Anna, who they think is a witch. And eventually they kind of, this is pretty early in the movie, they basically are snake like a camera that they have, I think a GoPro, down into like a vent and they see her doing a ritual with like a naked younger woman. And then the next day she's dead. And this Oscar guy, who's another kid in the neighborhood is running around and they think that this Oscar killed Anna. And we kind of find out that they are possessing these guys, whether that's why they're called the marked ones. They're marked by the demon with like that bite symbol. And when Hector and Jesse go into this apartment where Anna was, cause they're just fucking around. I don't know. They want to see what was going on. He gets basically, marked by the demon and starts having demon powers manifest. He gets jumped by some thugs at a skate park and he's able to kind of knock him away like a supernatural force. He could fall backwards and then levitate because the demon's not letting him fall. He could jump really high in a skateboard. So that was kind of a new element. Like the demon was kind of giving him like superpowers in a way that Katie and the other films had clearly gotten some sort of supernatural strength because she is throwing people across rooms and shit, but it's, I'm not going to recap the entire movie, but basically it just starts getting worse and worse. Jesse is clearly possessed. They try to exercise him with the grandmother and he blows up like their apartment. Kind of, he pushes her down the stairs and they end up, uh, I think at the end of the movie, if I recall, they get some thugs, Hector and the sister, and they go to the ranch house where the mother Lois had had her cult. So basically they're drawn back to this house where the cult was. And I actually liked the scene because it came with like, I think at the only time in the entire series, they were actually prepared for an altercation. They came with like shotguns and guns. And that one guy, like was, he was like blowing some of the witches away with the shotgun, which was kind of good. I'm not going to lie. And then we kind of, I'll, I'll wait to talk about this, but it, it gets to probably one of the dumbest plot points we get in the entire series. But 
prior to what I'll call the time travel door. I don't know. It's 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 got some moments. This movie, like some scary stuff. I actually kind of like the scene where they're trying using a Simon Says toy as a Ouija board. Yeah, they could ask they, they, the demon is inside the Simon Says, and they ask it yes or no questions, and it lights up either the green or the red parts of the Simon Says. For some reason, I found that kind of entertaining. We get a little more background about the witches, where they're called the midwives, because the sister from the second movie actually meets up with the main characters and has been researching this shit and ends up kind of giving them some background on people are making deals to have their their firstborn sons be marked by the demon in order to complete this pact to resurrect Toby, who we've kind of know again, stupid name, but we've known him as Toby. So thoughts on marked ones, whole new cast of characters, hypothetically the same demon. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's nothing special. For a totally out of left field movie, not bad. Not good, not bad. What do you think, Kelly? Yeah, we we kept trying to connect it. Matt kept saying in the beginning that maybe the grandmother was whoever the maid was in the original movies because she knew that. <laughs> yeah, I, I did that. I was doing that. I'm like, is that the is that the maid from Paranormal Activity Two? <laughs> oh, it was. No. Not, it was not. But it was not. Also, I got confused in this movie because they were saying like the bolt or the demons or whoever takes the firstborn sons when they turn 18 and then they give them these powers or whatever. And then Mm. they go back to normal. Like, but then why are they trying to get Hunter when he's like a little boy? They wait till he's 18. Yeah. I think this is where the continuity really starts going off the rails is this marked ones movie. You know, I need these movies to make sense. (laughs) I'm looking for a cohesive narrative (laughs) in parent. Yeah. But it's true. We were really strong, especially we watch them all one after another. We're going like, okay, so four happened, and now we're still in the present day because it's 2012 in the movie, versus I think four was 2011. So at the time, it was present day, basically. And, and it doesn't really connect that well. Apparently, they were just, they were make these firstborn sons are supposed to create like an army of possessed men. For what purpose? You don't really know. The, the ritual doesn't really get explained or why they're doing it beyond they're just possessing people. It, it doesn't really connect very well to the earlier movies. I don't think, I, I, I think that Katie and Christy basically don't come up really at all, except when their, their story is explained by the, the stepdaughter from paranormal activity two. Yep. And I do think there's a scene in the basement where they're running around through like plastic sheets where he runs into two small children. This is Hector, the friend. And I think those two children are supposed to be Katie and Christy from the past. Because here's an element of this movie we haven't really touched on yet. At the end of the film, Hector, the best friend, now in this ranch house where the cult had been operating, is being chased by now a possessed Jesse. And he's in his room and there's nowhere to go except this door that has all these symbols around it. And he goes <laughs> he goes through the door and is transported back in time to the events of the first film so in the first movie katie at the end of the movie goes downstairs and then starts screaming bloody murder and that's why mika goes downstairs and gets killed etc and in this case it was apparently this is the continuity they set up that hector from the marked ones goes back in time through this magic cult door and she he meets katie she starts screaming at him and that's what gets mika to come downstairs where then she kills mika and then Jesse comes through the door and kills Hector. So 
they now reveal that this cult has time travel abilities that they can move between. I think the way they explain it a little bit is they only can move between basically like unholy sites. So you basically can just move between the events of the different movies with this door. Is it weird? Is it almost like a ghost dimension? Ooh, kind of. Maybe. <laughs> Even though multiple times they're very specific about this. This is not a ghost. This is a demon. That's like very, I think it comes up multiple times that they're saying like a ghost would be a different type of entity than a demon. Like, a, what is it? A ghost is like a person's spirit that has not moved along and a demon's just like some completely different unholy creature that's just bad news. Yeah, they repeat that a lot in the first movie. Like, mm-hmm. that's why the guy can't help them. Like, the priest can't help them because it's not a ghost. Also, one more note about this movie is mm. that they tortured the dog. Oh, that's oh true. yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, they had a little chihuahua, by the way, movie, a little racist. But at some point, <laughs> the uh, possessed Jesse is levitating the dog up in the air and like contorting it. And it's yelping. So if, I had to close my eyes. Yeah. If you have a hard time with like dog torture, like this one has a couple rough dog scenes, a little tough. But yeah, this one really kind of throws the whole franchise on its head and introduced time travel. Everything's connected now in this very bizarre way that they have these interdimensional powers, apparently, to move between different unholy sites. It doesn't really ever get explained how or really for what purpose sometimes, but it's weird. It felt like to me a kind of desperate attempt to say, it reminded me a little bit of the X-Men series where at one point they just said, hey, none of that other shit happened. Don't worry about it. We're just going to kind of reset the timeline. By the way, we have time travel. So it all makes sense because they were always operating behind the scenes to make things happen. Okay. Like whatever. It's fine. I like I said, I like the scene where he was shooting the witches with the shotgun. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Not my favorite. It's okay. Move on to the next one, which is paranormal activity. The ghost dimension, very aptly named in a movie where again, there are no ghosts involved. It is all demons. So I don't know why it was not called the demon dimension. So this came out in 2015. We're back to an October release for this one. Again, the box office continues to fall, and we're now the budget's going up. We're at $10 million budget and a $79 million box office. This one takes place in, I think, California as well. So now we're in 2013. We're continuing to move into the present, into the future, and we're on a different family this time. Ryan is the husband. We have Emily and they have a daughter, Layla, and they're basically in the Christmas season. His brother's coming home to live there after breaking up with his girlfriend. And they have Skylar. Was that the woman with the large boobies that I was interested in? Not large anymore, but uh, yes. Yes. Um, I, I'm, forge- I'm forgetting her name. Oh, Olivia Taylor Dudley, I think is her name. I always remember because she was in a very old web series called Five Second Films. If you remember that, you're probably old at this point, especially by internet years. Basically, they live in this, again, now we're back in these giant, beautiful California mansions, and the daughter starts talking to an imaginary friend who she calls Toby. They really love that plot point of young child talks to imaginary demon, and the father and the brother find some tapes in the house, if I recall, and they figure out kind of early, maybe middle of the movie, that this was the site where Katie and Christie grew up. Am I correct on that one, Jack? Yep. It was their original. It was, was that that house burned down? Okay. So that house burned down and then was rebuilt into this new house, but it's on the site of basically the original possession of this demon. So of course demon shit happens. This is like the first movie and maybe the only movie where we actually see Toby. We, we see a demon. 
because <laughs> someone help me with this one because I don't think I understand this one still. They find a camera, like an old 80s kind of style, one of those big, real-looking cameras, real being R-E-E-L in this case, and it, it has, like, special tubes in it that allow you to see demon or ghost activity in the world. So they're filming things, and you could actually see black, gooey-looking, like, ectoplasm and crap like that. So this movie has physical manifestations of the spirits that are haunting the family. Cause in every other movie, it's basically, it's always invisible. You really never see it. You don't have that uh, app, uh, that setting on your phone app. On your phone app. <laughs> it's such a weird plot point. Hey, the, who made that camera? I don't understand where it came from. They just find it like in a box and they're like, okay, well now the characters have a tool, which allows them to see ghosts. I feel like they were just really struggling to figure out like, what's going to differentiate this movie from the past ones. This time you'll see the ghost. Because you can literally see it on the tagline. For the first time, you will see the activity. I sure. think the camera came from the witches in the coven because they have all the tapes from Katie and Christie. So I think maybe the witches put a spell on it. So they developed a magic demon camera. That's good. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Maybe it came from Egon Spengler. <laughs> <laughs> This movie's basically, it's, it's this daughter, Layla, getting progressively creepier. You're seeing things coming into a room at night. And, you know, there's some, there's some good jump scares here and there. Or like, a, this one's a little more in your face. It's kind of, here's like a black looking, gooey, inky spirit just whipping by the camera or whipping at the camera. Definitely got me a few times. No question. Eventually, they call in a priest. The priest tries to cleanse the house by trapping the demon in this kind of pentagram looking symbol in the middle of the house. He obviously dies. You see Toby for a brief moment. It's kind of this, I don't know, cheesy looking CGI effect in my opinion. I think it kind of ruins the point of the movie a little bit by showing the demon. And eventually this is where the ghost dimension comes into play. The Leela draws the symbols that were on the time travel door into the wall of her bedroom and opens up this like creepy looking ghost hallway that she goes through. And that hallway takes her back in time back to the timeline of the third movie into the eighties where they basically are corralling these children and they use their blood to revive Toby and give him human form. And that's kind of where this movie ends is after everyone else in the house dies, you know, Olivia Taylor Dudley's character vomits like acid blood onto the brother melts his face off. Then she dies. Then the dad, I forget how the dad dies. Oh, he gets like impaled through the back, right? By like a, Ghost spear. I don't know. Like, a claw. Yeah, it was like a big claw, like ah, right through his chest. Like everyone dies in like 20 seconds, kind of suddenly at the end. And the mother goes through the portal into the ghost dimension, quote unquote. And Toby has now received a physical form. And really for no reason, he just kind of kills her. And that's kind of how you see you only see the bottom, like his legs down to his very gross, dirty feet. Not a big fan of that scene. And uh <laughs> That's kind of how it ends. Okay, so Toby has now been resurrected into the world. What's the implication of that? Okay, I maybe we're moving into the end game here. All these movies seem to be setting up bringing Toby back because it's Toby, Toby, Toby. A lot of Toby talk. So any other thoughts on Paranormal Activity, the ghost dimension? I think this movie was pretty bad, personally. <laughs> oh, terrible. Like It was easily one of the worst ones of the bunch. I thought it started out fine, and mm. then by the end it was just like nonsense. But mm -hmm. also, who was 
Skylar supposed to be? Was she like a nanny or something? She seemed like <laughs> a li- she, random. She seemed like a live-in nanny. I don't know who else. They don't really ever really explain who she is. You are right about that because we were I asking out the whole movie. Like a hot girl. She is hot. I will. I will absolutely give that one. If that was her whole purpose in the movie, well done. A, you didn't notice that she had a breast reduction. Yeah, that was the greatest tragedy in this movie. Is the actress that plays Skylar had a breast reduction at some point in the past, and ooh, my god, that is a real bummer. I don't blame her, but what a shame. What a shame. So yeah, it's uh, it's just another one where they don't seem to know where to go with it. The only appearance of Katie and Christy in this movie is we see some of them in the past because this one shows a little bit of what happened after the events of the third movie where there's a male cult leader that is explaining to Christy as a child, you're going to give birth to a son and the son's going to be used to like bring Toby back and Katie, you're going to protect your sister with your strength. It kind of shows just like a cult that's formulated around bringing Toby back. So it gives you like a little bit of backstory, I guess, but they kind of bring Toby back and nothing really happens because you, so you don't really know why they brought him back. What was the purpose? It, it, it gets kind of silly at the end. Like Kelly said, I think it's not bad in the beginning, but oof, does the movie get kind of, gets kind of dumb at the end, especially when you have like CGI Toby whirling around in like a big vortex and that symbol and they trap him under a big sheet. And then it's kind of, it's just dumb, man. It's dumb. Cults are bad. They're just bad. Colts are bad news. Bad. So this was the last mainline movie for six years. If I'm not, if I'm not in. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about next of kin now? Oh boy. So this is really, you know, so we, we decided we would do this after we watched the new movie. So all of these came out like within one or two years of each other. So they would, they, they clearly had like a consistent franchise, but after ghost dimension, I don't know, maybe they probably saw the writing on the wall a little bit that this wasn't doing as well. Maybe they gave it a little bit of time. Who knows? Kind of interested to see why there was such a big delay, but they put out Paranormal Activity Next of Kin last Friday, on, and this was a streaming-only movie, so this is six years have passed in real life, and in terms of where the movie took place, I think it's just a soon present day, so a lot of yeah. time has passed. But they said March 21. March 21? Okay. So here's kind of the main thing. This movie effectively has nothing to do with the other six movies, which I... At the end, at the end of Ghost Dimension, I was going, okay, we've been talking about Toby. Toby's a big focus, trying to get Toby back. We resurrect Toby. And then next of kin, Toby's gone. There's no Toby. There's... Jack, what, Jack, what happens in next of kin? Oh, boy. <laughs> so next of kin takes us, what was the girl's name? Uh, Margo. Yep. Margo is the main character and she is adopted and gets to meet, what was it, her first biological relative? That's right. At a yep. Denny's in Sweet. Arizona. They had cactuses all over the table. That's the first thing that I noticed about that Denny's. Thanks. Interesting. Um, nothing good happens at Denny's usually. Nothing, nothing good. Bad things happen. Anyway, they're going to film her going to Amish country in Pennsylvania to meet her relatives so off the bat i'm thinking ooh, amish that's gonna be scary there's gonna be some weird shit that happens at this place they get there the guy doesn't want them to stay there so they go to a like a motel or something and then i guess one of the little kids follows them Mm -hmm. and they end up bringing him back and that gets them in the father's good graces so he allows them to stay there and record and interview the whole family so she can learn more about her history because apparently, was it her mom had just left her at a hospital when she was a just a newborn? Yeah, and just abandons did, her. Yeah, there's all she has is like the security camera footage of her mom. Just and then after that, you're like, okay, like 
same kind of the thing like nighttime comes you're thinking okay we're gonna see some shit and just nothing ever happens like she goes into that room at one point and you're you're waiting for something it never happens she goes under the bed the bed like creaks down like as if someone were lying in it she gets up there's no one in the bed you're like okay here we go and then all of a sudden it's morning and it's over <laughs> like what and then they find this they go exploring and find that church and like shit went down in that church mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, all right once again here we go we got something nothing happens in this church they throw that like goat thing down that that hole and you're thinking okay this is where they sacrifice people she goes down the hole the first time they don't really see anything and then that's when she starts to get possessed or something like that yep and the it seems like the family is wanting to sacrifice her to the demon who's got the really really weird name Osmodius. Osmodius, yeah. yes. Which Osmodius, I looked this up after because I, like you, I was like, how is this movie connected? Yeah, to the I, first I, I definitely did some reading on this one. Yeah. It, it, what did it have something to do with? Like the, the, the name of something to do with Osmodius had a weird name where the ending of the word was Toby. Well, I, I did not read about that. That's, yeah. someone try to connect it to Toby? Yeah, they did. They tried to connect it to Toby where, like, mm. I want to say it was like the, I'll pull it up. I'll, I'll pull it up while you guys talk about it. But something, yeah. there's a word that has something to do with Osmodius. The ending of the word is Toby. And okay. so like, that's the connection to the first movie or the, you know, the first whatever five. And the, the guy wrote in the article, that's not a coincidence. It has to be. That's the connection. What? Like, that's what we get out of Toby. I'm like, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, so basically, like this, there's a new demon introduced, this Asmodeus, and I think the kind of the general plot is that this Amish community has been tasked somehow with keeping Asmodeus contained under this church, and they do this ritual to conti- basically to put the demon in someone's body, and then they keep the body locked up in this sewer tunnel, and that is where it lives. And then the last person they had done it to was. The main character, Margot's mother, Sarah, who is now this really, I'll give him this one, very disturbing looking like skeletal white skinned goblin creature that they, it like inadvertently free. So the climax of the movie is this creepy fucking skeletal creature chasing them up this well. It's crawling around. It's fast. It kills one of the camera people like by ripping his throat out in the ground. And then they kind of make it, they stun it by saying Sarah and say its name and it kind of stops it for a second but that part was scary definitely had some nightmares about that fucking thing but it, it kind of goes to the end of the movie and it shows all the amish people in the town killing each other because now they've been induced into some sort of madness by the demon being released out of the well and they end up killing sarah the skeletal creature and the demon takes over another member of the community who's like a younger guy with blonde hair whose name i'm forgetting i think it's samuel or something and then the end of the movie, these the, uh, police come and respond to, you know, all this mayhem. And I thought it was kind of a cool scene. The demon forces them to like one at a time, they all shoot, shoot themselves in the head and die. And then he gets in the car and drives away. And that's really the end of the movie. So again, I, Kelly and I watched this and we went, what the fuck did this have to do with anything else? There was no Katie. There was no Christy. Toby was never named. We'll see what Jack comes up with here, but it really does not, 
at least overtly connect with any of the past movies. And like Jack was saying, it was kind of boring up until maybe a little more of the action filled climax. Yeah. The connection here says Asmodeus is a demon from the historical book of Tobit. Tobit, like Toby, could be the connection. Like, okay. Like, he writes that connection's not an accident. They also point out that it's, like you said, that we get to kind of see Toby's human form uh, in the ghost dimension. So maybe Toby has possessed one of those people in the the Amish village. Maybe it's Samuel because we know at the end of the movie he's kind of taken over. Maybe he was the demon the whole time. I don't know. It seems Trying like to Asmodeus took his body over after Sarah, the, the goblin lady, gets killed, right? Don't they hit her with a car or something like that? Kill her? I think so. I think I think then the demon goes into the Samuel's body and takes it. seems like at least that was my logical conclusion. That book of Tobit thing, like, did they even mention that in the movie, or did someone like no, look, it's, look it no, up? No, it's it's wiki fan fiction. Oh for, God. that that is that that is such a weak connection. Maybe they did that <laughs> on purpose, but it's so it's so like I don't know thin. My guess is they tried to shy away from it altogether and create a new plot because there's going to be another movie coming out next year, and it's like I'm guessing that Samuel might be a part of that now. I guess, but it's just man. It is not a. It's not making me excited for another movie. Kelly, we've been talking over you this whole time. What did you think of Next of Kin? Well, I didn't think it was very good, and I really didn't <laughs> understand it at all. <laughs> I don't have very much to say. The only yep. scary part was like the very end when all the people were like setting themselves on fire and stuff. Yeah. The rest of the movie wasn't scary, and also the whole time I was just like waiting for it to connect yeah. to the other movies somehow, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. So I don't really even know what happened. So I was looking for things that weren't there. Waiting was a common theme in this movie. He was <laughs> waiting for something to fucking happen, and it yeah. never does until the very, very end. And by that point, I was half asleep and just praying for the movie to be over. Yeah, we were uh, we were like six beers deep after a hockey game, and we soldiered through this one. It was uh, it was a little tough. It was a little tough. It was not. It, it really the only fun. I think the only exciting parts the end, like the last ten, fifteen of the movie, are pretty pretty all right. But whew, is it a slog getting there? My God! And they killed. Uh, what was it? They killed a goat in this one. That they yes. like recorded them killing a baby goat, like in real life. No, no, not in real life. In the movie. I don't know. I'm like, was what? It, what? Were goats harmed in the making of I don't think that's legal. Yeah, well, they were, well, they, I think there was, I think it was a sacrifice. It was a part of, like, the ritual that contained yeah. Asmodeus in the body of a, of a mortal person. Which, again... I thought they were, no. like, feeding her to keep her alive. I is think that, she is that true? Like the queen of them. I don't think they were really hmm. Amish people. I think they were all people, like, in some sort of a cult or something, and they worshipped this demon lady. Well, well, I thought they were containing Asmodeus in, I thought their purpose was not to like worship and give him power. It was to keep him down in that well, basically, or cave or whatever the fuck that was. Maybe we were watching two different movies. I I mean, you might as well, because like, it doesn't make any, none of this makes sense. I think that's really the kind of core point I'm trying to make. None of this is explained well. The, the, The watcher is left guessing similar to the other movies, frankly, but this one I thought was particularly bad. It's, I don't know. I was very disappointed by it. I was kind of actually a little interested to see where they were going to go with Toby being alive after ghost dimension. And I was like, maybe they'll bring in Katie and Christine. We'll have like a bit of a 
No, really nothing. None like very, very almost nothing like comes from the previous movies. It's like they're trying to reboot it, but I'm not really that interested in a reboot of paranormal activity after this many movies. Yeah, no, keep going, finish, finish it. And then then, end it. (laughs) Yeah. I would have liked something more final or at least something that was, looks like it was going to lead into something more final, but this just seems like, Oh, okay. We're going to start a new franchise and make another eight movies. Like, Oh God, please don't. Please don't make more of these. <laughs> there is definitely going to be one more, and it's got a name already. It's called oh, The Other it? Side. Oh, really? It's already been announced? Oh, even the plot's released. Here we oh, go. Oh, no. Okay. Together before college starts, four friends discover a gruesome pass of their house in the connection to the 1988 incidents. Oh, uh, so 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 now me. so now they're going to then use the next one to connect back into the main series again? Why waste this movie on nothing? Oh, man. October twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. We got a, about a year. Yeah, so clear. So clearly, they're looking to start putting these back out on a yearly basis. Again, I'm assuming they don't cost much, so I don't. Yeah, have, I, I, don't I don't have any budgetary figures for this one off the off the top of my head here. But yeah, you know, if they're gonna loop it back into the main plot, I'm a little more interested. But I'm, you know, this this one was so bad and so completely tangential that I'm, it definitely burned me a bit on this franchise. Boo, big boo. All right, any other thoughts on Next of Kin? Yeah, Trash. it didn't connect to any of the other movies, and also as a standalone movie, didn't make any sense. No, so, no, yeah, it wasn't even good as a standalone good. horror movie. Yeah, it was just a bad fucking movie. It was exactly. a movie you expect to find on Paramount+. Plus. The people were spelunking on that very old equipment, and I don't know why anyone would do that. Oh, yeah, the whole scene with like so that, ro- that, that rope. <laughs> That's right. That was the scene where I got anxious, where he had to like get himself up there before Asmodeus got to him <laughs> he was like yeah. well the, the, the skeletal woman possessed by his monies was creepy as fuck like i said that was to me the scariest part of the movie was that thing coming up the fucking well at them as they're looking after they get out of the well they look down and crawling at all fours up the side of the well oh okay no thank you on that one no thank you <laughs> should just wait at the top of the well and just kicked it right in the face as it got to the top of the well or oh, yeah, yeah, just hit it with push, like a shovel. Push that altar thing back over the hole, and yeah. we're done here. We're done of, here. A lot of obvious solutions that, as usual, are never implemented. Never a, a horror movie tradition. But yeah, it felt like a like a straight to Netflix like B C tier kind of horror film. Just lame, <laughs> not great. After kind of a a bit of a pedigree, I, you know, I don't. I'm not going to say it's like some amazing thought-provoking masterpiece these all get like absolute shit ratings on imdb i've noticed and like rotten tomatoes they're all like in the 10 to 30 percent sort of range so you know they're not good but they're uh entertaining popcorn schlock kind of to watch like jackson maybe a better experience in a theater but uh this one well, this the theater couldn't save this one this was a hot piece <laughs> yeah. of yeah don't yeah <laughs> did they was there any sort of theatrical release for this i don't think so right uh, no. i think it was all paramount plus i think yeah, yeah. No, it was it, supposed it, to be, and they really? said they blamed it on COVID. Said they went straight to streaming. Ah, uh, COVID was mentioned in the film, if I remember. Didn't one of them somebody yeah, said they, they had COVID? Yeah. Well, no. When they picked, when the guy came to pick him up from the airport, he walked out and was like, "Oh shit, I forgot my mask," and went and got his mask. Again. Oh man, that's depressing. Seeing COVID shit in movies now, like <laughs> things made in the last year or two. A couple now. Yeah. Oof. Ooh, I hate it. It's a big part of you, season three. For the couple I've watched. Oh man, I guess we gotta Kelly and I gotta get back into watching that. So, anyways, um, those are at the moment all of the paranormal activity movies. Sounds like another one will come out. And you know what? I'll watch it, but I'm not gonna scramble to watch this one day one like I did this one. I probably uh, will. Okay. Yeah, we probably will. Never mind. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> we already got tickets. <laughs> Bottom here in advance. 
already got, already got a t-shirt. Yeah. So what I wanted to ask the uh, the group here before we end this Counter Bites episode is, what was your favorite and your least favorite of the Paranormal series? Kelly, why don't you start us off? Best and worst. Um, I think probably one was my favorite. Mm-hmm. And next of kin was my least favorite. All right. That's, I think that's pretty fair. Well, any, any, partic- any particular reasons? First, the one was like scary and they had a little bit of pot, but it was also like a cool like hand cam found footage thing. Next of kin just didn't make any sense. Yep. And I didn't think it was scary. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of a core feature of these movies. Uh, how about you, Jack? Best and worst? I'm falling right with Kelly. I think uh, I think Mexican was absolutely far and away the worst one. The first one is my favorite. Uh, I think the pop-out scares were good. They did a really good job. I thought Mika had some funny moments. I thought they did a really good job, like trying to do the scary stuff, like the demonologist not wanting to not wanting to like come in their house the first time. And oh, that was pretty good. When the, well, the, like there's a little let's make sure, yeah, they had the ghost guy came and then yeah. he came back a second time after stuff had been happening. Like, and he's whoa, it's like whoa, this whoa. is, this this is thing, bad. It's yeah, this, like, this oh, thing doesn't want me here. No, thank you. It's the whole, like, no, the no, no. theater is just like no, bring him in. End no, this. End this. End this. Save us. We're the we're in the house too. <laughs> uh, I'll give us a little shout out to a little bit of an underdog. I thought the fourth one actually for the fourth movie in this like sequence of films, I'm not going to call it a film, a movie. Uh, I thought the fourth one was actually pretty good. I thought it was funny. It had some good pop out scares and then it had a demon scene at the end with Katie, which terrified me, but at the same time, like feed me all that shit. That's it's so creepy, but uh, Mm -hmm. one is definitely the best. Yeah. I think uh, this group's kind of an agreement. I, I might, I, I was Jack kind of was going where I was going. I, a part of me almost wants to say the fourth one's my favorite. I like the fourth one quite a bit. It's especially for being four deep into the franchise. It's actually pretty solid. It has some good scares. I actually liked some of the characters like Ben, the boyfriend. And I liked Alex, the main character, which is maybe one thing I couldn't say about the first one. Mika is so fucking annoying. That whole film that it takes you. I, I actively am rooting for the demon to rip his head off by the end of it. It's he had so many chances and, and in fourth movie, they couldn't really do anything. Like they were just in a really unfortunate situation that was kind of out of their control. So you felt more sympathy for the family in that case. I probably would give it the fourth one for me over the first one, but it's very close. The first one's really good. The first one's probably better as like a standalone movie, but the fourth one is like the best one if you're watching all the paranormal activities one after another, maybe is how I put it. Next of kin, definitely the worst. I'd say the second worst for me is probably Ghost Dimension, but at least Ghost Dimension kind of connected to the, the series a little bit. and had a few good scenes. Next to Ken just kind of sucked, dude. <laughs> it was just rough. Very disappointing. There you have it. That is the entire Paranormal Activity series up to the current year of 2021. Maybe we'll check back in on it and when the next movie comes out in October 2022. Uh, before we close this Counterbytes, any closing thoughts on the Paranormal Activity franchise? Jack. What do you got? Feed me more of them. I want more of them. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta do another. We gotta figure out another franchise so we can all watch here and uh, have yeah. another hour and a half counterbites. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we keep, yeah, we keep promising short counterbites. It still is not happening. Watch a little bit longer than our mainline podcast soon enough. Kelly, what are your thoughts on paranormal activity overall? Yeah, I agree. As bad as that last one was, I'm ready for the next one to come out, and I'll definitely watch <laughs> it and be excited about it. I'm ready to be hurt again. It's kind of true. There, 
I, I, I have to admit they're not good movies, but they're enjoyable. Like it was fun to kind of sit down for an afternoon. We were just hung over and didn't want to do anything and just watch all of them. They're just kind of, they're, they're, they're cheap. They're easy. They're quick. They're fun to watch. They're not good. If you haven't seen them, I would recommend going and checking paranormal activity out if you're a horror person at all. It's kind of an interesting series, especially with the hand cam shot, which is a bit of an unusual perspective in a lot of these kind of movies. They're not good, but they're fun. I'm with you guys. I'll absolutely watch the next one. I'm hoping it's better than next of kingdom. So uh, with that, we're going to wrap this podcast up uh, for anyone that stuck around this the whole time. We appreciate it. And that'll be it for counterbites paranormal activity edition, a big RIP to Halloween as usual. Um, Christmas coming soon. Maybe we'll do this again for another series. Hopefully it's not a Christmas movie series. So until the next one, folks, we uh, look forward to seeing you then. And of course, Stay frosty out there. Wonderful.